Blog Talk Radio. So we're we're gonna hit like if you saw the description on Blog Talk, we're we're gonna hit everything from Chris Kobosh to fat shaming to Cesaro to SmackDown to plus this to Megan Rapino. We're we're just gonna we're gonna be all over the place. So whatever whatever time allows, that's what we're going to hit today. So without further ado, let's get into it. I gotta introduce my tag team partner who is here live. In studio, independent wrestling sensation, Rocky Santiago. Rocky, what's going on? Ken, Ken, another day of not trying to melt. That's um, all right. But in that non-melting state, we do have very, 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 very much ground to cover. So I think we should get right. Holy shit, man. Can I tell you the, the worst thing? And, and um, so many things, but, so many things. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like the last show we, we hit on... Uh, Colin Kaepernick. Um, we hit on the, the sneaker thing, and what I, what I found interesting is is we've 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 hit on tribalism and and yeah. and where we are in this country, and it's amazing how tribalism is is so like everyone just needs to be a part of the, their tribe. And I think I think a lot of people are, are angry with me because like I should be part of like the the middle aged white guy tribe, but a lot of my middle aged white guy tribes are are I don't know where the hell they are, but like I'm I'm in a different tribe. Um, but it's funny, man. I shouldn't say it's funny, but last week, two weeks ago, we were talking about Kaepernick, and I think it's, you know, I'm not necessarily, I feel like we've we've gone to a point where we can't say, well, I'm not sure, and, and, and present both sides of an issue and say, I'm not sure what's really 100% right and 100% not right. And, and what I like with the Kaepernick discussion is, um, we talked about the Betsy Ross flag and my, my gut reaction was, you know, and I support Kaepernick. I do. I support, uh, his protests. I'm cool with it. Um, to put a, a little perspective on, on me and type person I am, um, when I was in seventh grade, we watched a, a movie, uh, called Skokie, which was a movie about Nazis who wanted to march in Skokie, Illinois, I believe, starring, starring Danny Kaye. Um, 
And we watched the movie. And the big thing in the, in the movie was the fact that, like, the Nazis were fighting for the right to march. And there was a, a high population of Holocaust survivors in Skokie. And that was pretty much the reason why they wanted to march there. Um, and so there was a there was a Jewish organization that were fighting against it, blah blah blah. And like our social studies teacher was he was awesome, Ken Glotzer, a great social studies teacher who, by the way, is going into the Rockland County Softball Hall of Fame. Um, and in a room full, most of the students, most of the, the people I went to school with were Jewish. And in a room full of Jewish kids, I said they should have the right to march. Not that I agree with them, not that I like them, not that I think that there shouldn't be a counter demonstration going on. But this whole idea of like freedom of speech is kind of fucked up. It's a double edged sword, you know, and, and you can't you can't sit there and consider yourself a patriot and say, well, I love this country. I love, love. But as long as you say what 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 I agree with, that, that's not the way it works. And so to get back to Kaepernick, like I, I, I was OK with his protests. Um, you know, and especially his right to protest, but the sneaker thing, I was like, eh. But then I said, this is a roundabout way to get to the, the point of the story. But I did, upon doing some research, seeing that the Betsy Ross flag is used in a number of KKK organizations as, as part of their logo. So I was like, ah, you know, I, I, again, I'm like, I don't know what the right answer is. But on one hand, I'm like, it's just a sneaker. Betsy Ross flag means a lot of other things to a lot of people. Um, promote for me, it's something very patriotic. Plus, I love the look of it, like the circular yeah, and stars and everything. I mean, it, it's I cool. That. It's USA throwback, baby. But when when you see it as a logo on a KKK site, on a KKK newspaper, um, on, on a KKK flyer, it's like, huh? Well, yeah. If if I was a black or another minority and I saw that, maybe I would have a problem with with that that flag. I don't know what the right answer is, but as I get to the, the point of the story is that, so I showed the emblem on Facebook Live, just so people who are listening are on Facebook Live, we had a bunch on Facebook Live, um, and producer Michelle, yes, Skokie is in Illinois, um, that I showed her because I wanted people to see that it was part of the logo. For whatever reason now, when you scroll through Facebook, the first image that pops up is the KKK logo. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So luckily, I haven't gotten any sort of hate mail or anything <laughs> oh, to do with it. But I'm just like, I, I literally was like scrolling, scrolling, and all of a sudden I'm like, KKK, shit, that's my site. Uh, just letting you folks know out there, I am a brown person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being danger whatsoever. Yeah, so I was just like, that's just, that's fucked up, man. That is just messed up. Because I, I just thought I was imparting some knowledge. Because I don't think a lot of people, and the, the bad thing is I don't even think Kaepernick was fully like, I didn't hear anything where he said, yeah, but it's been used in KKK logos. Like that was just me kind of fussing around and looking up shit. So um, I just want to tell that story because, you know, sometimes like things, people can be misrepresented, but I wanted to end on because we touched upon it briefly. And we, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, women's soccer team and Megan Rapino um, because they, they had uh, a lot of controversy and, and, and that's where, I just feel like this tribalism in our country where we're either or we're either or all the time. Like if, you, if you're far left, I agree with everything. Everyone's on the left. I'm going to agree with everything. If I'm, if I'm on the right, then Trump, 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 and Trump is awesome. And I love Trump. And look at me. I'm a, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's so like asinine. And like, I found myself as much as 
and again, this is just me as a human being, as an American. I look at Kaepernick, and Kaepernick had flaws in his arguments. I did not like the the pig socks, um, but he he spoke with an American soldier, a Green Beret. They had conversations. He said to Kaepernick, "Genuflect. That's more respectful." If, you, if you're going to choose to protest in this way, don't sit your ass on the bench. Be respectful. Genuflect. I do believe that Kaepernick was genuine in what he was trying to do and the message he was trying to convey. And he did sacrifice his NFL career for his message. It worked out because Nike hooked him up. I mean, that worked out for him. Megan Rapino, for me, and this is where, like, I'm not blindly, like, Jumping on board with whoever the fuck does whatever, I found Megan Rapinoe a little disingenuous. Uh, well, so I, I can get that vibe. Uh, I don't know, disingenuous. Well, here's my point. Go ahead. I, I feel like she was kneeling and she was saying that I'm gay, I'm not part of this country, um, and that's why I'm kneeling because everyone should have yada 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 and, and rights, and they should. Don't get me wrong, and I get yeah. it, and I get it because I don't like Trump. And, I, and if you're if you're gay, if you have an alternative lifestyle, if you're a minority, I get it. We're like Trump's fucking scary. I mean, that dude, the rally he had this week, his shit can be frightening. His followers can be frightening. I get that. But I found that like he, she was genuflecting and saying that was her message. I did not like during the parade. She had this big-ass smirk on her face as she, I think, it was either the Pledge of Allegiance to the National Anthem that she wouldn't sing along with. And every time I saw Kaepernick, he was solemn. She had this shit-eating grin on her face. Um, and then the conversation immediately shifted to salary. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait. I, I thought <laughs> this was all about equal rights. And, and maybe it's about both. But it was, it was kind of, for me, it was like, we got this attention. Now show me the money. And, and, and that's, that's where I kind of, that's where I come off. I feel like it was a little bit disingenuous to me that I kind of think that the whole thing was, and it did, it brought a spotlight and I get it that women's sports does not get as big a spotlight as men's sports. I get that. And, but it seemed like she knelt, she got the attention there and then she shifted the whole conversation shifted to, to equal pay. And I think pay should be equal. Determining factor is how much money your sport is generating. Absolutely. And that's what be, that's how it should be. By the same token, like if I all of a sudden got cast in a movie, I'm not going to make the same salary Julia Roberts is going to make if we're co-stars. It's just not going to happen that way. No. That's life. So, I mean, I, I just kind of found like that, that was really interesting. And that all being said, and I want to get your take on it, that all being said, the one thing that did bother me and, so that might be pissing off the left. Let me piss off the right a little bit. The the right, like immediately, like is just kind of not going to listen to message. She kneel, me hate, me hate her, me hate purple hair. And then everyone, like, and people are like, people consider themselves and friends of mine. They're like, I'm so accepting of, and I have gay friends, and I'm so accepting. And then because Megan Rapinoe has short hair, it's like, oh, never heard of him. Who is this guy? And I'm like, Dude, man, now, now you're just coming off as a bigot. Like, if you sure. disagree with the, what, what she's doing, fine. But what really killed me is the amount of people that were rooting against them. Like, if you're, if you're a Yankee fan, and I'm just using them as an example, and Roger Clemens comes to the Yankees, and you're a Yankee fan, there aren't many guys that, that were hated more 
went before they came to the Yankees. I mean, Clemens was hated. Came to the Yankees, Roger Clemens. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was all like, I root for the front of the jersey, not the back. That's what I do. I'm a fan. Well, fuck, man. That's that's the United States of America. I don't give a shit that I disagree with what Megan Rapinoe may have done. Maybe she's not disingenuous. Maybe it's just me. I could be 100% wrong. Um, maybe I don't like – maybe I think they're just a, a bunch of assholes on that team, and I don't like them all at all personally. I'm never going to fucking root against America. I'm never going to root against the United sure. States of America. I'm rooting for the, the – on the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. So, I mean, that shit is like – Oh, come on, man. Like, you could disagree with her, but, like, you're hoping they lose because, like, that's that's some bullshit there. Like, you, you root for your team, man. Yeah, like, no. Look, I, I'm, a, I'm a hometown kid. I, I love the New York Giants. I love the Yankees. Uh, and, of course, if it comes to, you know, world sports, you're damn sure hell right I'm going to root for the USA. That being said, as far as Rapino is concerned, uh, th- there are a couple of points where – uh, you know, I, I'm less than thrilled with her. Not, not, you know, not in the least their level of sportsmanship this year. Because if, yes. if, if you look at if you look at the women's team this year, the USA women's team this year, sportsmanship is very lacking. You had that run up of the score. You had their con. You had their conduct time and time again. And look, I can I can sympathize with you know we should be getting paid more. Okay, fine. Is your sport generating revenue? You know that, that, there, that you can have that debate and you can have that jaw jacking, but as you said, to be all like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not a part of this country, and blah, to get all this attention and be like, okay, okay, now it's about my pocketbook. Now I'm just like, you know what? I'm sure there are plenty of women on your skill level who could probably take your pay, take your place, and, and who are just dying for the chance, and you keep. You keep on uh, using these kind of tactics. Eventually, management's going to be like, "Is this more of a detriment to our club or, or, or an asset?" Uh, you know, right now, I, I think those scales are, are evening out between detriment and asset. You know, that being said, it's just I, I, I think it's if you want to if you want to be if you want to be Rapino, if you want to be a symbol, if you want to be that role, then you need to be the epitome of sportsmanship and, and goodwill of your sport. There are way, you know, there are ways to make change and there, there are always, you know, the squeak wheel gets the grease and all that jazz. But if you look, if you look through history, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. I'm not saying the wrong, the quote unquote wrong way doesn't work sometimes, but usually you get to that wrong way after you have gone all those right avenues and no one's going the right avenue. No one's, you know, I, I'm not trying to be the, the role model that I can be and through that affect some change. No, I'm just going to be the biggest asshole that I can possibly be while still being on this team and hopefully get what I want. Well, and I, guess, I think that, like, part of it, and it's interesting that, you know, sadly, um, you know, and, and there's, I, I wish I remember the name, there's a documentary done on HBO where, uh, Obama talks about um, divisiveness in this country, and, and he, he wanted to, inc- and he, he fully admitted, like, he wanted to um, increase bipartisan po- politicking and working together, uh, not increase bipartisan politicking, but, like, get, get both sides to work together. Yeah. Um, and he admits, like, I didn't do that. Now, he says flat out, I didn't, I didn't do a great job at that. Um, it's, it's gotten worse, and 
I mean, I mean, Trump's a bit of an ass, you know. <laughs> I mean, and, and okay, he's he's an ass, <laughs> and he's he's further polarized uh, this country. But what's what's happened is it, it's almost like, and that's why, like with me, Megan P- Rapino, I'm I'm curious her, her motivation because it's almost like if I if I run so far to the left, like the left is going to blindly follow me, and it's going to get media attention because it's anti-Trump. Like sure. being anti-Trump right now. It is almost like a, a a vehicle for stardom. Like just come out and say, you know, fuck Trump, you know, and it's like, oh, he, this, this person's awesome, you know. I mean, if you you want to make a name for yourself, just and, and and I I mean I agree, fuck Trump, but I mean, it just seems like, hey, like is this just a way to like get get my name out there? You know, how many commercials are we going to see Megan Rapinoe like showing up in now? You know, like, can you name any other? I mean, I'm not a big soccer fan, but can you name anyone else on a soccer team? Uh, I, I I think the only other soccer player I can name is Hope Soto. Hope Soto, there you go. Uh, I, I remember, only, I remember, only because of the Star Wars fan. And all I know is there's uh, Randy Chastain and uh, Mia Hamm, who I haven't played in forever. Randy Chastain was the one who took her shirt off and uh, okay. so celebrated. You said that name, and, I thought it was more I think I'm getting the name right now. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's just kind of been like that thing where it's like, all right, let me just let me just come out and just say like, you know, uh, fuck fuck Trump, fuck the White House, fuck this, and like, and then all of a sudden you make a name for yourself, and it's it, it, it's it's pretty goddamn frightening where it's just like both sides. As I, I start off with like tribalism, it's just like, you know, hey, I'm on this side, and I, I'm just going to blindly like agree with with everything. Like I'm waiting for. The, the, the person, I'm waiting for the guy who, and I have, most of my friends are, are Trump supporters, are full-on Trump supporters, and I hate to say it, man, because being a, a white, middle-aged Gen Xer, you know, and, and I, love, I love bashing millennials here, um, but man, middle-aged white guys are like fucking sensitive. They're <laughs> sensitive little bitches. I mean, they really are, and like shit online, man. Like I posted a thing where if you look different from me, there's a place for you in this country. The first five comments were, well, at least if you come here legally, as long as you come here legally, you gotta be here legally. Like fuck, man. I wasn't even thinking about immigration when I put that. I was like, a friend of mine posted. I'm like, that's a nice sentiment. Let, let me like, hey, you gotta come here legally. It's like. Fuck, man. Like, most of the stuff, like, I started to count up, like, comments, and I'm like, God, the shit that I, I post online, the stuff that should be pissing off the left gets far less comments than the shit that's supposed to be pissing off the right. And sometimes what's great is, like, the stuff that pisses off the right gets them going, and then some of my lefty friends, like, jump in, and then, like, I just sit there with the popcorn, like, watch them go back and forth. There's one of the things I, po- I posted a Jesus meme. Where it's just kind of if Jesus showed up today, you'd label him a socialist and, and immigrant and whatever. And holy shit, like someone like someone from the left like took up the cause and they just there was like fifty comments on that thing. I'm like, holy shit, man, you triggered white dudes. It's incredible. Get touchy about that Jesus. They were yeah, they do. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not gonna say like I don't like necessarily like poke the bear, but like I mean, the whole immigration thing now is just so, I mean, it's so wild and it's so out there. And it's just, you know, I, I, and again, y'all listen to this. Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, Producer Michelle's like, uh, not most of your friends, 
Um, it's not true. Unfortunately, there's some, but not most. I guess it, it, you're probably right. Most of my friends are not. They're just the most vocal on my social media and get, like, outraged when I post shit. But uh, Joe Rogan, you know, it's interesting. And as we look at, like, bipartisan politics, and, and those who have listened to, like, the new format of the show know that I've been pretty inspired by Joe Rogan and just – you know, and some of the things he says, like, I just want to do what I want to do. And that's kind of what the show is. Like, whatever I'm jon- jonesing about talking about, I'm going to be talking on my ass. So, again, you want to call or, or like, producer Michelle's like, it's not most of your friends. You're wrong. You want to t- tell me I'm wrong. I think the mic just cut out. You, wow, you just blasted that. I, I just blasted the mic out, I think. Oh, wow. Wait, I'm not hearing myself in my headphones anymore. Are you? I'm still, I'm still, I'm still getting it. Are you? Okay, maybe I am there. Wait. It's going through the I, I, Michelle. If you're, if you're listening, like you say, say I don't know if I'm on right now. I'm hearing it. Am I still on, Michelle? There, there I am. Okay. I don't know. I, I think I blew out my mic or something. So I, if I'm gonna yell from now on, I gotta like back up from the mic. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's it's like with Joe Rogan. He just kind of got to the point where like whatever I want to talk about, and I just kind of you know, oh, it's saying I might be full of shit, and if I'm wrong about stuff, like. Call in. Let's talk. Let's uh, tell me I'm wrong. Um, But the whole immigration thing is just kind of, it's wild that, um, again, getting back to the whole idea of tribalism, that that we can't look at this as a, like, it's, you know, if you're on the right, it's like, you know, come here legally, you got to come here legally, you know, legally. And, and, and then left, it's like, and, and some people on the right are like, what are we going to do? Just let everyone in? Just let everyone in? Open the door? Let everyone No. Like, it's just kind of like, well, like if, if you're, if you're, and then Joe Rogan used a term like, um, you got to be on the team, you know, and, yeah. and we're all Americans. You get on the team and we're all, and above Americans, we're all humans. We're all, get on the team, you know, and, and if your, if your gut reaction is when you see a man and his child drown, laying face down in a river, trying to escape this country, and your gut reaction is, Hey, come here legally. They didn't come here legally. Just serves them right. Fuck you, then, dude. Fuck you. Like, no. Like that. That's not like we're humans, man. Like, like Joe Rogan, get on the team. That's bullshit. If, if that's your gut reaction, I watched a video where this guy, who he was seeking asylum because his father was killed by uh, the what the M what gang the M thirteen M- the M thirteen gang, and was fearful of his life. I think he, I want to say Honduras. I'm not 100 percent sure. Looking for asylum, got to this country with his daughter. They took his daughter. They wouldn't take him. His daughter, missing her father, wound up committing suicide. This father, like, is, is just broken. He's, he's a broken man. He'll never be the same. He'll never be the same. Of course. And and America has allowed him to come into the country for his daughter's funeral. And then he will be deported, I think, a day or two after the funeral. Okay. If, if that doesn't bother you, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. I, I don't give a shit, like, what your politicking is. If, that does, if you don't look at that story and say, I'm a human being, man, like, that, that, that bothers the shit out of me. And, and I, as a, as a human being, as someone who leans left, absolutely there needs to be um, immigration reform. Absolutely we can't open up our borders and just let everybody pour in. Absolutely. We need to do something. We can't just let everyone in, you know, something needs to change. But, but if your gut reaction with all this shit is just, you know, come here legally like that, that's some bullshit, man. Like that, that's, that should be heartbreaking. And I don't understand why we're not at a place 
where you can't look at things and just say, hey, man, like, yeah, I like Trump because Trump's going to help my wallet. Trump's going to, you know, I like what he's doing with the economy. But, yeah, man, like people in cages, uh, kids being ripped away from their parents, um, watching a mother wail because her baby was just taken from her. That's not cool. That's not cool. And, and something needs to change. I, I don't know. Like, I can have an educated conversation with you if you're like, well, I agree with Trump on these economic policies. But, yeah, what's going on on the border is, is kind of fucked up. And, and I don't have the answer. And that's all we elect to. I don't have the answer. I don't know what the answer is. But it's just like how that doesn't break your heart and look at like we're humans. And, and there, there are people who, who have genuine reasons. They're not, I know we have a criminal element, but a lot of them are just trying to escape gangs. They're trying to escape cartels. Sure. You know, they're, they're in a place where it's, you know, my, my teenage son, the cartel said, if he doesn't join, then we're going to wipe out your whole family. And it's like, well, fuck that. Like, pack the bag, we're going. You know, this shit happens. And, and your reaction should not be, well, Come here legally. Stop. Pump the brakes. Be a human for a fucking split second. And look at this as a human being, not someone that needs to reside on the left or right. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree that the current immigration, something's got to get. And what I, at least in my opinion, and what we are seeing right now, is we are seeing a big political game of chicken. And the reason I come to that conclusion is when, when you think about it at its base, uh, immigration, uh, the, the whole system, the laws, and what have you, that's really not Trump's job to change. That's Congress's job to change. Congress writes the laws. Congress makes the system. It's Trump's job to enforce. So the reason I, I call this a political game of chicken is essentially what Trump has done, he's taken the laws as they're written. And say, okay, well, I'm going to turn them exactly to the freaking maximum that you got that that these laws have been written. If you want, you know, you want something better, change them. And he, you know, as as sad as it is to say, he's willing to sacrifice a, a lot of stuff, you know, be that on whatever side of the border. You know, you're talking about the the folks crossing the border. You're talking about the the border patrol being overtaxed. You, you're putting a lot of people on the line to prove that point. And it, like in my and in my opinion, I, I'm in my opinion as far as immigration goes, there, there should be a legal way. But when you look at, at when you look at the legal way right now, when you look at the legal system we have in place, it is obviously not doing the job. It's not doing the job, and something has to be changed. Now that to me falls back on the shoulders of Congress. Okay, this is not doing the job. What are you going to do to fix it? And and that's where like why are we not why are we not getting any sort of bipartisanship in this? Like, and then and look, I get it. Trump is doubling down on his base. Trump is like and look, I'm not saying that all Trump supporters are racist. I'm not making that, but a lot of racists are Trump supporters. And he's doubling down on that far right base of, of his support. Um, but you're right. And I think it's it, you know, when you look at this issue, I mean there's a stat, and don't quote me on it. And if you want to, again, you want to say I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but that uh, Obama deported more illegal aliens in his administration than than, than all the other presidents combined. Um, that you know that that Obama was the one that set up these cages. Uh, it wasn't Trump. But that's not like that. That's such a dumb excuse 
if you're on the right and you're you're supporting Trump, it's not like all right, good. So another administration did it. So are you, you're justifying it just because another administration was doing it? And if and if as far as the Democrats go, if the Democrats, if our Democratic president was doing it, we should be getting together and figuring out what the hell we're going to do about this situation. And I'm forgetting the guy. There's a guy who was in the Navy who worked in in Florida for for a chunk of time in the 80s when there's a lot of that immigration issue with people coming over in Cuba. And now he's down at the Mexican border, and he said this is the worst thing he's ever seen. He said it's just about as bad as it was in Florida with with the Cubans coming over. It's it's a horrible human rights travesty going on right now at our southern border. And there's more and more people coming into our, our country just just out of sheer desperation. And and the, the fact that like you know the, the attitude is is just you know this this black and white attitude that, that you're not saying like hey we need to we need to change things. You know like I mean you got people that you know, the, the people that, like, love to posture in this country, you'd, you'd fucking die probably, like, a quarter of the way here. You know, you're, you're sitting you're sitting in your backyard, sipping your beer, sucking down your cancer stick, just going, like, oh, you know, oh, Trump, Trump, build the wall. Like, fuck you, man. Like, you're lucky you were born here. You're lucky you were born in America and you don't have to deal with this shit. You don't have to deal with a cartel in your backyard. And, and and it's just kind of it's just crazy to me that we're we're in a place in 2019 with all the advances that we have that we have not figured out a way you know hey can we can we not put people in cages can we figure out a way that like is there a way that we can not separate kids from their moms I know there's probably a logistical reason why that's occurring and I'm not faulting anyone who's down there doing their job because ultimately and you know this. That, that like the civilians debate what's going on, and then the fucking soldiers are in there just enforcing what the government's telling them to do. So I'm not faulting anybody who's on the border, doing their job, trying to make the best of of an unwinnable situation. Um, but you know, I think playing the political game of chicken, it's when are we going to come together? When is it going to be? When when is it going to be that the, that some of us, some of the people on the right are just going to say, you know what, it's fucking wrong for people to be in cages and for, for people to be, for parents to be separated from their children. And when, when is the left going to say, we cannot just open our borders, that there needs to be some sort of procedure, something to, to keep us safe. We can't be overpopulated. We can't have our nation overtaxed. We can't take everybody. And, and what is the answer? I mean, maybe the answer is trying to, to, you know, get rid of the cartels. We know too many people are making money with the cartels, so that that's not going to happen. But it, it's just—I mean, you break, I think that's the perfect way to look at it. It's like a political game of chicken, and and it's almost like the abortion issue and, and other such issues. There's no real answer, so you can just you can just stand there and argue it, and and you know every time it comes up and it's like, oh, this is horrible. What's going on there? Like middle-aged white guys everywhere get triggered because they are the real snowflakes. They get triggered everywhere, like, you know, come here illegally, build a wall. It's like, fuck off. This is just, these are human beings. That it's, just, it's, it's horrible what's going on down there. Look, the, the fact of the matter is you're going to find the solution somewhere in the middle. And until we, we quit this end run to, to either end, be it left or right, and realize, yo, we have to turn around and we have to come back and shake hands, do something. Because we, it's going to take both sides. Both sides are going to have to freaking come to the table sit down, have a freaking mature adult discussion, and actually come up with a solution. Until that happens, we're in deep shit. 
Yeah, man, I mean, it's great. And I wonder, you know, honestly, like I'm getting to a point where, I mean, right now, if I was a betting man, I'm going to bet Trump is going to get reelected. Um, I, I take that bet. If, if I'm a betting man, it's not going to help bipartisanship at all. <laughs> the well. rift is going to get worse. But it's just, it's just crazy where it's like we just all like this is my side. And, you know, that's why I, I kind of, like the show was maybe I should thank Trump for like birthing the show because I'm just like everything has gotten <laughs> so extreme. And it's crazy. The funniest thing, man, if you guys listening and watching, if you get a chance, look up Chris Cuomo's show on CNN and find Chris Kobosh on Chris Cuomo. Because Chris Cuomo, flat, like, they, they went back and forth with Trump and, you know, is go back to your country or go back to where you came from, whatever the hell he said, go back, um, is that racist? And he, he kind of went around about, like, saying he doesn't believe the president's racist. And then Chris Cuomo said, would you vote for a racist president? And there was this really awkward silence where Chris Kobosh was like, shit, if I say I won't vote for a racist president, will I, will that hurt my base? And, like, Fuck, like, that was, like, the one thing where it was, like, right there, like, dude, just say no. Absolutely. Look, absolutely. Normally, I, I'll, full disclosure, I'm nor- I normally vote Republican. I'm fairly right. This this last election, a- after looking at all the issues, after looking at both candidates, I'm like. Yeah, not flawed candidates. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, you know, folks, whether you're left or right, we both put up the shittiest possibly <laughs> possible people you could fucking find. I, I don't care. Don't come at me with anything else. We put up some shitty fucking candidates. And th- that's the whole reason why, you know what? I vote neither. Libertarian. I'm good with that. And I am completely happy, and my conscience is completely clear in my vote. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's crazy because, like, the whole controversy that came up this week with uh, Trump and, and, you know, look, I, I mean, I don't think. If you know, if you if you watch Trump and, and listen to and saw his tweets and I, and I like the guy's an idiot like someone should have taken his cell phone away from him a long time ago just like bad boy slap him on the wrist like <laughs> no Twitter for you, um, but if if you can't even look at like his tweets and uh, go back to where he came from and as, as not at least leaning in a racist direction like come on and. What I hate again, when we, we talk about this bipartisanship and, and tribalism and everything, like um, Elon Omar, like I'm not a fan. No, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of AOC either. Not a fan. I'm left. I'm a registered Democrat. Um, I, I voted Democrat in every presidential election I voted in. Um, I'm not a fan of theirs, and I don't like. Again, this is this whole idea. Like, can can we can this country? Can we all start to? Can, is it possible to become rational adults? Like, can we look at this thing and it's like, you know, again, a lot of my righty friends are like, oh, you like Elon Omar? Look what you said about 9-11. It's a fucking bitch for what you said about 9-11. Yeah. Like, fuck her what she said about 9-11. That's some bullshit. Some people did something. No. No, not cool with that. Not cool with that at all. But that doesn't mean that because I'm not cool with her that what Trump said was not necessarily racist. Uh, and And I don't understand why. We can't, like, we've decided at this point in our country that, like, let's just put our fucking brains away, and we're going to let, like, we're going to vote for someone, we're going to fall left or right, and then we're going to blindly just, like, argue the side that we happen to fall on. I, I, I don't think I would ever vote for Elon Omar for, for what she said. I, I mean, in all honesty, saying that about 9-11, you could fucking put up Spider-Man against her, and I'd vote for Spider-Man. Yeah. But, you know, like, that was some bullshit. That was some shit where, like, 
I don't even care what you, I can agree with the issues. That's, that's inexcusable to me. It really is. That, that just do not, do not ever, ever minimize that day in any way, shape, or form. You, and you really need to rethink if you're going to be a politician, if you're going to be a leader in this country, and you're going to minimize what happened on that day. That's disgusting. That's, that's inexcusable. And, and I don't care what other good she may do. That is inexcusable to me. AOC looks like someone who's completely overwhelmed, but doesn't know, honestly, like, She's got the deer in headlights. Shit, down I'm 28 and I won. What the <laughs> fuck do I do now? Um, so I'm not fans of theirs. So just like, you know, it's like, I, I think Trump is being racist. What, do you love Elon Omar? No, I don't. I don't love Elon Omar. I, I'm, I'm very disappointed in the shit she said. I'm, I'm not a fan. But why, why, can't, why can't we do that? Like, why can't we say, you know what? I'm not a fan of either of them. I think Trump said some, some shit that, like, I, and honestly, I, for the first time in my life, I found him kind of scary. I thought that rally where, where they were chanting, like, send them back, um, it, it was a little frightening. It, it, it had a little, like, Nazi Germany kind of, like, shit, man. Like, this is, this is a little scary what our leader, our president is doing. And I think he enjoys kind of this vibe of being a dictator. I, I think if he, if he could... If he could pull an Emperor Papaltine and, and <laughs> manipulate the force and, and dissolve the Senate and the, the House and the and especially the uh, Supreme Court, oh man, he would dissolve it in a heartbeat. That would be his gig. Like he'd be Supreme Leader Trump. It's a good point. Who would be Yoda? Who do we have on the on the left to be Yoda? Maybe Rogan. Joe Rogan would be Yoda. <laughs> but uh, I think. You know, be on the team, you will. <laughs> I think when you have the pendulum, the pendulum obviously swung very far right in order to get someone like Donald Trump elected. And I think when when you look at at senators like like AOC, like Ilhan Omar, like Rashida Tlaib, I think that's just the product of that pendulum swinging the other damn way. You you, you got the extremes at both ends. Does that make either of them right? No, they're you know they're equally at the you know, extreme pendulum swings. And if you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to say I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat or I'm a conservative or I'm a liberal, and then like either side, you, there are people that you're going to have to defend. And if that's one of the, you know, if that's one of the people you have to defend, like if I'm, if I'm on the right, I have to defend Donald Trump. I'm like, yeah, no, no, (laughs) no, no, not, not, not playing, not playing. And the same thing with someone on the left. I have to defend Ilhan Omar? No, 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 no. No. <laughs> I, I'm pushing myself away. Yeah, I mean, that's just like what what happened to us, like starting to like to, to become. And it's so weird, man, because in the show and, and, and you know, I, I've sensed like in, in myself, I've, I've changed a lot over the past couple of years. And I, and I brought it up on the show, um, um, you know, my dog, Monty, and, and being a therapy dog and, and going on therapy visits um, has changed me a lot. And it's funny because I feel like I'm, I'm kind of maturing, but what's crazy is that like, shit, no one else is like all of a sudden, <laughs> like all of a sudden I feel like an adult and like everyone's being a child. And I'm just Gosh. like, what happened here? And, and it's just like, and I'm all about, you know, and if you follow my, my social media, I mean, I'm all about like be kind. And I, and I follow, I post a lot of stuff about being kind and, because, man, my dog, like, it's just, he's awesome. And I just, I, the two things about my dog, it's like, he's always kind, and he's always present. 
and, and I, I, I try, I try uh, to, to be more like that. And, and, um, you know, and it's funny when you feel like you're, you're becoming a better person and then you start to look around and like, wait, like, why, why is everyone else like regressing? Like what's happened? This is not fair. Like I, I almost wish I was regressing so I could just like pick a side and be angry and, and yell and just everything is black or white. Like, yeah, and it was funny because like one of like my friends who's, who's very much on the right um, and, and we were getting in this like political back and forth on, on Facebook and he wrote, he commented, what about your whole be nice? So he got it wrong first off. It's be kind, not be nice. But I'm like, really? Like in the middle of like a political back and forth, like you're going to cop out with it and say like, now, now, I'm, now I need to be nice, which was like funny because like number one, I was like, I'm working on it. So I'm not kind all the time. I'm, I'm moving in that direction. I'm trying to be a better person. I'm trying to be a more educated person. I'm trying to read more. Um, so I'm, I'm working on it, number one. Number two, as much as I'm trying to be kind, does not mean I'm a fucking pussy. Yeah. So that, that doesn't, I'll be kind to people who deserve to be kind, but if I need to call people out on their bullshit, I'm going to call people out on their bullshit. And, and the more that I try to educate myself and, and read some more, and I know you just read uh, the uh, 12 Principles with uh, Jordan Peterson. Yes, I did. Very good And uh, I just got that book. And uh, right now I'm reading Boston Strong. Solid book about uh, uh, the guy who had both legs blown off in the uh, marathon bombing. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal played. I'm trying to his name. I'm forgetting his name now. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal played him though in the movie. Um, really good book. Really uh, lots of tough stuff to read. Uh, next up, I think is Jordan Peterson. Um, and I have to. I got to tell you a funny story. I heard this guy on on the radio. There's a new book out called American Carnage by Tim Alberta. And it's about how Trump got elected and, and stuff within the Republican Party and how that whole all played out and how Trump really didn't know what he was doing. It was almost like, you know, shit, I could win this thing. Like, it just kind of like it, it, it happened out of nowhere. And um, it was interesting. Like, I can't remember who it was, but someone on his staff said to him, like, stop campaigning in places like California. You can't win there. Um, campaign in Iowa. And he's like, why I can't win Iowa because he lost to Cruz, I think, in the primaries in Iowa. But it's like the primaries are over, it doesn't matter now. Like, that, that's a swing state, you, you can win. He's like, and it like Trump didn't even know that. So, like, really strategizing the electoral college was not Trump's idea, it was his staff, which was brilliant. I mean, that, that's essentially what got him elected. But the funniest story was, I think they were in Indiana, and this might be my next book. And Trump apparently was very much into a running mate that was confrontational. He wanted an in-your-face running mate. He wanted this whole, like, he like he was big on Christie. Like, he wanted Christie. He wanted just, like, this, like, ah, kind of. Was it in-your-face you know? enough? He's but like, that was just it. So his advisors were like, no, we need balance. We need, like, you're the in-your-face guy. We need balance here. And, and uh, his staffers in the Republican Party were very much into bringing on Pence. But Trump wasn't sold on Pence because Trump wanted this, like, ah, kind of guy. And there was a lot of shit where, like, when they were they were trying to get Pence on board, and Pence was like, "I'll pray on it." Like, say what you want about Pence, it seems like which shit. Like, I'm not a religious guy, I don't buy it, but Pence seems like the genuine article as far as yeah, he's he, he believes he's what, what he's preaching. He, he he believes in his religion. Um, so a lot of shit was like, I need to go and I need to pray on it. Um, but apparently, they lied to Trump. And I, again, I think it was Indiana, where he was meeting with Pence, 
And they lied to Trump and said that the plane had a mechanical malfunction so he would spend more time with Pence. And that was the meeting that brought Pence onto the ticket. Okay. I was like, that's hilarious that they knew that, like, there's no way he's going to agree with this on his own. Like, let's keep him in Pence's company for a, a while longer. And so they, they sent word, like, just lie to him. And so they <laughs> lied to him. And that's in the book. And then apparently, then not too long after that was when the grab him in the pussy thing came out with uh, Access Hollywood. And Pence went away for, like, they, they literally thought he was going to leave the ticket. He went away for a couple days and said, I need to pray on this. And, like, you couldn't get in touch with him. And then he came back and decided to, to stay on board. But like um, Tim Alberto was on a POTUS radio on a Sirius XM and he was relaying these stories I'm like, holy cow, that is fascinating. So <laughs> I think it's going to be Boston Strong and uh, uh, 12 Principles by uh, Jordan Peterson. And then I might go to American Carnage. But uh, yeah, it's kind of going back to like just, uh, you know, trying to be a better person. And uh, yeah, Michelle. Producer Michelle, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. And that's yeah. absolutely like I'm absolutely. I'm a badass motherfucker, man. Like I'm I'm hitting the gym. I'm getting big and strong. I'm getting all like shredded and shit and feeling good. Like so, man, I feel like strong. I feel strong emotionally and I feel strong physically. And I'm trying to be kind. So yeah, don't 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 mistake my kindness for weakness, motherfuckers. And uh so it's all good, man. It's all it's all good. And I feel I feel good about talking about this shit because I feel like we're, you know, and again, like we're both like, I guess we're probably both like, we consider ourselves moderates, but like, you lean right, I lean left. And yeah. so we can kind of like, look, people, someone who leans right, someone who leans left, and we can like exchange yeah, ideas sure, sure. and we can talk. And we got a white person and a brown person like locked in a fucking sweltering studio talking about this <laughs> shit and everything. It's, it's all good stuff, man. It's good. But like, and I tell you, like, you know, I'm working out, you're working out, we're all like getting fit and everything, and it's good, man. And uh, man, like, how, how are things going with that? Uh, I can I can happily say that I'm in the best shape I've been in for whew, about 16 years. Wow, really? Yeah, I, I'm I'm back in my I'm back in my weight where my last appointment, my last Iraq appointment, I'm back in that weight. That's impressive. And so going from that, you know, I, I have nothing to hide. Going from around 250, 245, 250 right now. This morning, as a matter of fact, I am 204. Nice. And my, my, my plan, my plans is go down to maybe, maybe 180, 190, 180. I think I'll be happy. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to wind up because I'm doing this, this, this competition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be wearing the banana, banana hammock, but uh, yeah, man, it's been good. It's, it's fine. Like, you know, it's funny. Cause like, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like certain times, like, like compliments wind up coming in waves and sometimes it's it, like the timing is perfect. And it just so happened like, the past like week and a half, people have noticed like my weight loss for whatever reason. And like my our, our nutritionist actually posted a before and after picture of me on his social media, which was like which definitely boosted my ego. It was weird because I'm scro- I, he didn't ask, so I'm scrolling through and I'm like, hey, look, there's me without a shirt on. Like what the fuck? <laughs> um, but that was cool. And someone at work like just stopped me and said, you should be an example for everybody here. Like you're really doing a good job with your weight and people should take notice. And I was like, wow, example, like that's, that's pretty cool that like someone thought that. And it's, it's been gradual, but I, I was up near you. Like I was uh, a little over 250. Um, this morning when I weighed myself, I was 213, nice. which was like the lowest. I, I was trying, it's funny you said that like since your last deployment, cause I was trying to figure out the last time I was this low and it's been, 
it's been a while. It's been, I don't know, it's not quite that long, but it might be like a good, like, five years or so. Um, but uh, it feels good. It feels good to be getting the weight down, um, you know. And, and it's, it's good, like, when you start getting those compliments because, you know, look, I get it. You're supposed to do this shit like, oh, I'm just doing it for myself. But fuck that, man. It's nice, <laughs> it's, it's nice to be able to notice that shit, yeah, you know? Like, you get, you get to the gym and you're just kind of like... I mean, some, I, it just, I, I finally reached my stride where I'm like, I, I started getting pumped again to get to the gym. Like, yeah, that's gym. Yeah, let's let there. Oh, put the tank top on. Look at the tank top. Yeah. Did an arm curl. There's a vein there. Now it's gone. Now it's there. Now it's gone. You know, I'm just gonna, um, so it's all cool, man. Um, but yeah, every so often you need someone to be like, hey, you're looking good. Yeah, so good. Got the leg day. Got leg day. I'm, I'm dreading because, like, I'm doing light. I, I, did that, yeah, I did that today. That's why it's fresh on my mind. Yeah, it sucks, man. Leg day sucks. <laughs> it, just, it just sucks, man. But it's, it's amazing, though, like, feeling better, um, feeling better about yourself. And, look, there's something to be said. I mean, I'm a vain motherfucker, man. Like, I, I am vain. Like, thank God I have a, a decently shaped head because <laughs> when I decided my hair was thinning and I'm like, I'm just, I'm just shaving it, it doesn't look bad. At least I don't think it does. And Michelle doesn't think about it, so I'm like, we're good. Okay. Um, but man, like that was, you know, to finally take the raise and be like, all right, I'm just, I'm just getting rid of it. I was like, oh, like I, I was afraid I was gonna have a point or some shit under there. Um, but yeah, I, I like, you know, looking in the mirror and looking decent. Like, you know, I like seeing muscles. Like, it's just, it's cool. So I'm vain, but I also like feeling healthy and just not feeling like, you know, hey, I walked up three stairs and I'm out of breath. <laughs> like. <laughs> That sucks, you know, or, or like shit, like I walked to my car and my knees hurt and I didn't do legs. I just, my knees hurt because they're carrying excess weight and it just, it just feels good being healthier. And I think that it's, it's just kind of one of those things, man. Maybe that's part of the problem in this country that more and more people like should be like, do something physical, man. Like when you're, when you're angry or you got all, oh, you got a shit job or you're mad at stuff or whatever, like get to the gym and, and the gym, I mean, it's good for your health. Uh, physically, but it's also good for your mental health, and you get that shit, like, out. You just get it out. You know, you, you, you lift something heavy, and you get that, you squeeze out that last set, and then you just fucking, like, drop it, and boom, like, ah! Oh! And it's fucking, it feels good, man, and, like, you should, like, everyone should, like, every workplace should have, like, if you, if you're having a workplace squabble, like, both parties should have to go to the gym for, like, a half hour, then come back and, and discuss what was bothering them, so... I mean, it, it's just crazy when you look at, like, our country and how, you know, we're going to get to some pro wrestling because, honestly, like, I watch pro wrestling and I wish more wrestling fans were inspired because I look at, like, I look at Triple H and I'm like, shit, got to hit the gym. Yeah. You know, got to hit the gym harder. The worst, like, the other day, I felt great walking out of the gym. And literally, as I, like, I got my stuff out of my locker room and I was like, you know, my ego was big. Like, I looked in the mirror, I'm like, you don't look bad. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, I had my strut going on walking out. And this fucking mountain, just mount, like muscles on his muscles, was walking in like, yep, knock me down a few pegs. There we go. All right. How's it going, Tyson? So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of I'm like, all right. But, uh, you know, that shit inspires me, man. Like, I just look at guys, and it's not like, you know, uh, you know, when I was heavy, I just wasn't happy with myself. And I look at pictures, and I'm just not happy. And I, I I hate the fact that I know that, you know, whether you believe in an afterlife or not, like I'm a big Prince fan. And when I went to Paisley Park, I was like at my heaviest. And I just feel like Prince is up there going, uh-uh, uh-uh, <laughs> no, uh-uh. Um, you know, and, and I just hate looking at pictures like, like that. But I just, you know, it's, it's funny where we're at in this country because like now it's like people have made that excuse that like if you're heavy, 
And, you know, it's not healthy to be overweight. It's just not. It's no. not healthy. But it's fat shaming now. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of, it's bigoted that if you're looking at someone who's heavy um, and you don't think someone who's like 400 pounds is, is hot as shit, like all of a sudden you're, you're fat shaming. And I, I just don't, I, I don't necessarily get that. I, I think, I think exercise and, and um, being fit is, is such a, an important part of being a human being. It's important. Like I said, I'm reading more books and I'm trying to become more informed and I'm, I'm really early on in this journey of just kind of really trying to be a better person. Um, but I, I, you know, it, it's, it's a three pronged approach. I think you can be better intellectually, um, be more learned, um, better emotionally, like control your emotions, control what you do, uh, control your reactions to certain people, uh, be kinder. Um, and then this physical health, or getting getting in the gym, mixing it up, whether it's, I mean, I don't know why the hell people do this, but whether it's doing Zumba or lifting weights or, or doing Tai Chi or Jiu-Jitsu or just hitting a treadmill, man, it, it's important. It's, it's so important to um, your overall health and, and who you are as a human being. And then I've always been, I've always loved the idea of like the Renaissance man, okay. where it's like you can be an athlete, but also be learned and also be into the arts and also, you know, it's not like, you know, if I dig watching football, it doesn't mean I don't like going to an art gallery. You know, I, I can, I can be both those people. Um, and I just don't get where like now we're moving into this, this area where it's, um, Hey, people who are heavy. Don't, don't judge them from being heavy. You're fat shaming them. And all of a sudden uh, now being fat, or being obese, or being unhealthy, and an unhealthy, let's call it an unhealthy weight, is all of a sudden a new minority group? Like, how, how, how did that happen? How, how is that like, and, and in all honesty, and I, I posted this on my Facebook page, man, like if you're, if, if three quarters of, of the population is overweight, you're not a minority. No. You're not a minority. The minority no. are the people <laughs> that look like Stallone. Like, the, that's the minority. When you're in your sure. 70s, you look like Stallone. That's the minority. Um, but man, I, I, and I just want to hit on this a little bit, and we're so not going to get to everything I wanted to get to tonight. But you saw an interesting tweet that you kind of shared the other day, right? and, and I just I, I kind of want to hit on this a little bit too. Uh, yeah, I, that tweet uh, it was, and I think you remember it better than I, I do. I'm going to paraphrase here a little bit, but essentially, uh, Jesus Christ. Essentially, it, it was. As you said before, it was a, it was ascribing being fat to being you know in that mi- in that minority. Like, help me out here because I, I'm really trying to remember. <laughs> it was it was actually not to use the word obese. Obese is a that, racist term. That's right. That's right. It was. A, and, and I was like, number one, man, and she, I think she was black. I, I think yes, the picture yes, was sure. like number one, man. Like, if I was black and in shape, like don't don't use. <laughs> obese and black is synonymous man like that's the no no you know so that that's first off right there um but like and, and what was funny and like i kind of when i saw that i'm like stop just stop and, and we felt like i mean people want to monetize and, and prioritize their own uh, victimization so it's like i have no po- i have no personal responsibility for the shit i put in my body for not getting to the gym for not doing anything physical we're eating like shit for getting a hundred pounds overweight. No, now you're racist for saying I'm obese. Wait, 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 what? 
let's face facts. Per, personal responsibility right now is out of vogue. You, you know. Exactly. It's not, it's not your fault that you're. It's not your fault that you're overweight. It's not your fault that you can't get to work on time. It's not your fault that you know everything sucks. No, it, absolutely, it's everybody else's fault. And our friend Luke Hung is on the on the Facebook feed, and he said obesity isn't a race. And honestly, he is Asian and black, so he's speaking for two races right there. And well, so he's right, and, I, and he's a doctor. And he is, uh, he is Dr. Hung. <laughs> he's Dr. Hung. <laughs> but, like, honestly, even I went, to the, uh, I went to the orthopedist recently because I need to get my shoulder looked at. And I remember filling, filling out the paperwork. And, I, I, like, I'm sorry, but I just hate the question. I, I look at space. You know, name, race. And I, I honestly do this. I have done this on every single form that I've filled out that has a space for race. I put human. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I continue. I, and so some people have caught it. Some people are, like, going, like, what? I'm like, yeah, human motherfucker. What else do you need to fucking know? Yeah. You, I, I'm not the vet, am I? So, it, it, I don't know. People in this day and age are just so screwed up. It's unbelievable. But what's crazy, though, is that there there's literature out there. Now, as you, you shared that, and I just like had a chuckle, kind of like, that's ridiculous. And there's this show called Plus This, that it's two women who are overweight, and they call themselves fat, so I'm not bashing them. But they, they're, they're fat advocates or fat figures. Fat figures? Fat figures. That's the fat advocates. Yeah. And they had this woman called Dr. Her, called, her name was Dr. Sabrina Strings. Dr. And Dr. she, no, Dr. Hung's so much cooler. I mean, Dr. Strings, Dr. Hung, Dr. String, Dr. Hung. Yeah, Dr. Hung's much cooler. Yeah, sure. um, and she, she had a, a whole, she, she has a book, Fear, Fear of the Black Body. And she actually now she's thin, which is funny. I, I mean, I found it humorous that now she would refer to herself as straight sized. So they're straight sized. So I, I guess it's kind of a reference to being straight or gay. That so if you're straight and but there's no like I don't know what that means. Like what does that mean? Like like is like am I straight sized now? Or am I? Because I still have weight to lose. Like, am I allowed to be straight sized? Like, what? What exactly? What exactly does that mean? She's really thin, so she refers to herself as straight sized. Um, the other women on the show who are the hosts, they consider themselves fat, and she actually attributes the fat phobia, which I'm not scared of anybody who's fat because unless they're sitting down, I, I can outrun you. You know, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, you know, but and I, I'm joking, but. She she said that she ascribed the the fat phobia to racism. So as much as I thought that that tweet was ridiculous, she she's written this book and apparently like the I listened to part of it but I was laughing so I had to like and she does and if you want to go listen to it the show's plus this I actually went to college with one of the hosts and her her thing was that when slavery existed that. Whites feared the voluptuousness of the black body. And furthermore, with the Puritanian culture that existed, that there was there is a morality attributed to fasting, and fasting was part of the religion, that the fat phobia is rooted in whites not liking black slaves. 
And that's what it's rooted in. Not heart disease, not health concerns, not, not joint issues, not everything else surrounding obesity, but that fat phobia is linked to slavery and, and how whites of the time feared the voluptuous black body, which I was just like, I can't. I mean, first of all, I was just like, number one, dude, like, if you, if you were, I mean, slavery was heinous. Of course. Heinous, a black eye on our country's history. Like, probably the worst black eye on our country's history. Just I agree with that. If you were a slave, you needed to be in fucking shape to survive that (laughs) shit, man. You're being thrown on a boat. And it's not like the cruise liners we have today. You're being thrown on a boat in Africa, put chained up in, in, the, in the bow of the boat, taking however many weeks and whatever little food they're going to give you, disease and running rampant, come here, auctioned off, beaten, whipped, sold to the highest bidder. Then you got to work in the fields all day, harvesting crops. You get whatever food is available to you. I'm sorry, but the slaves that survived and made it out alive, I have a hard time believing that they were obese. Uh, yeah, it, it is a bit of a stretch. And it, the whole, what I find funny uh, about that whole, you know, deep dive down the freaking rabbit hole, uh, when they, the term, you know, straight size. Now, when, when you talk in the context of gay or straight, and obviously we're talking we're talking numbers here. I'm not trying to be offensive, but being straight is the majority. The majority of the the majority of folks in the world are, as they would term, cisgender. Uh, that's don't say that. that <laughs> I hate that. I, I'm just I'm just going along again. Know, we're going down this rabbit hole. But you know, so it, so suffice it to say, it's rather easy to be straight. Uh, you know, it's not particularly difficult. That's kind of the default, you know, the default setting, if you will. Now, when you put in the context of, you know, straight size, I guess straight size versus fat, it's real easy to be fat in this, you know, in this day and age, it's real damn easy to be fat. Dude, it was so easy when I so was fat. <laughs> so fucking easy to be fat. You know, it, it doesn't take much, except, that, you know, you're, you're a local McDonald's. It was so nice. It was so easy. When I was fat, man, guess what I did? I ate whatever I wanted, drank whatever I wanted, planted my fat ass on the couch, didn't do shit. Sat there with my dog. It was a lot easier to schedule shit because if you needed me, I was on my couch. That's what I was doing. Like, it was, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's easy to be overweight. It, it is. And, it, and, but it's easy in a sense that, like, it, but you're not your best person. And that, no. that's the thing that, that I think people oh. are, are, are missing. Yeah, under under the skin, everything is all fucked up. Exactly. Your heart's like, why? But you know, as far as you know, the level of difficulty, it's not. It's easy to be fat, but so I, I can't. I don't like the the, the, the wordplay here. That's you know, straight size. No, it doesn't go. It, that would be fat size. Being fat is easy. Being not so fat is definitely takes a hell of a lot more work. And, and at this point in our society, like, yeah, I mean, they're the majority. I mean, they're, oh, they're, yeah. they're, obesity is the majority. So, I mean, it's, 
and, and now and now that you told me that the doctor is, is a rail herself, that now that just makes everything that just adds to the hilarity of the whole situation. Well, I just I almost feel like like she found a way like I can make some money on this. Yeah. Like I can make like because we're we're monetizing our victimization. So there's something to be said. Uh, racism, big. And I'm not saying it's not a problem, but racism, big problem in this country. The, the fat advocates, kind of a new thing, but it's out there. So what am I going to do? I'm going to write a book, combine the two. I'm going to make some cash. And I'm, I'm trying, like Luke actually just are reaching on that one. I'm assuming it's a reach tying uh, fat phobia to, to slavery. Uh, I'm curious what the reach is, but um, yeah, I, 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 I just, kind of, just, just kind of blew me away that I was just like, no, I, I don't think so. I don't, I mean, I, you know, I, again, I, I, the, the horrors as far as slavery and what occurred there, like to, to think that, I mean, just, just can we just think logically? I mean, people look. There are people that have genetic disorders. There are people that have digestive issues. There are. I mean, I I dated a girl once that had her gallbladder removed. It fucked up her metabolism. She couldn't lose weight. She just could like everything she did, just could not lose weight. But those are a minority. Like it happens. Well, I feel for people that that happens to. Sure. Um, but that's the minority of people. Most people who are heavy are or overweight are because they eat too much and they don't move enough. Like, period. That's it. And, and to think, and when you think of, for the most part, being fit or getting in shape, it's calories in, calories out. Like, yeah. what am I burning? How much is going in? And then, look, there's the macros, like, are you getting the right protein? Are you getting the right carbohydrates? I mean, that's important, obviously. But the bulk of it is calories in, calories out. You know, you can't have a, a 7,000-calorie McDonald's meal and then go sit on your couch and think you're going to be in, in, in some sort of shape. I kind of find, and, and look, the, 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 the good doctor, um, Dr. Strings, um, she's black. So I no disrespect, but part of me was almost offended that do you really think that in slavery times that there was enough food that like, when you think about that for a lot of these slaves that, and maybe, maybe there was some, some, overweight issues with slaves that worked in the, in the houses that, that this maybe had more of a sedentary lifestyle working in the house, uh, taking on more of a maid role. But if you were a slave and you like, you're up at the butt crack of dawn, you were going out and working on the fields until master said it's time to come in. And just imagine the amount of calories you're burning a day. Yeah. And I mean, it's gotta be in the tens of thousands of calories that you're burning a day. So if you're burning those amount of calories, that you you mean to tell me that the fat phobia is born out of slavery? That if slave if slaves were fat, they would have to eat more calories than they're burning off working every day in the field. That you re- do you really think that they were getting that amount of food? Like all right, you know, good days. I mean, what is your idea of what, what happened in slavery? Like great day today working in the fields. I, I got all my white friends. They brought over, like, we got a dozen turkeys. We've, we've got, we brought all the potatoes, so you can just have, like, a hundred helpings of mashed potatoes. We got, we got everything. We're, we're going to give you a Thanksgiving feast every night because you work so hard. Is that what you think slavery was? They got what they got. So, I, I mean, I would think for the most part, slaves, you're either in shape or you died. That was slavery, and that's what makes it so heinous. So I, I just, I, I'm just like, really, like, you're really, 
we're stretching here, man. Like we're we're gonna tie like slavery to fat phobia. Like just just stop. Like can we can we just stop losing our collective minds as a society as a whole? Because it's just getting it's just getting crazy, man. It's it's just absolutely nuts. And I'm hoping at this point in the show, we got about 20 minutes left. Have I sufficiently have we offended the left and the right? I think we've covered all bases. We've gotten both. Like, yeah. I think we bashed Trump. Yeah. We bashed uh, we bashed uh, Elon Omar. Yeah. Uh, we hit the fat activists. Um, yeah. yeah, we should have, you know, I want to, to hit wrestling. So we're going to hit wrestling quickly. But I just want to, we didn't get to talk about it last time. We said we would. But you kind of brought it up on your social media. And just quick, because uh, I just wanted to hit on this. Bernie Sanders forgiving student loans, <laughs> which was great. I don't know if you saw like this week, like his his staff are unionizing because they're not getting paid enough to work on his campaign, which define irony. I mean, Jesus Christ, man, really? And this is good because now we're definitely pissing off the left. Oh, yeah. Um, like Bernie, we're going to forgive all student loans. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, how does that compute? Uh, really? How does that? No, you're going to stick some. Exactly. Someone else is getting stuck in the bill. You're not going to really forgive them. You're just going to change the payees. I mean, here's the deal. Like economics, okay? Economics 101. Supply and demand. That's economics, okay? You want to know why college tuition continues to go up? Because people pay it. That's what happens. Now, first off, when it comes to millennials, shut the fuck up. You're not the first generation to have student loans, okay? And I remember my, I remember my stomach sinking. When I got out of school and got that, and we look, you get them online or whatever the hell you get now. I got this little book with like, it seemed like a million little tickets that like, here's $200 for like what seemed like the rest of your life. <laughs> and I remember in my 30s when like I finally paid it off, like I wanted to cry. It was like, <laughs> I got home from vacation and I got the notification that like your student loans are paid off. Like, Yo, Adrian, I did it. I did it. So, no, you know, you're not the first. You're not the first to deal with this shit. Um, now, if you're, if you, if you want to tell me right now, Bernie wants to get up on the platform and tell me that education needs to be reformed and maybe we need to figure out like why tuitions are, are increasing at an exponential rate beyond what inflation is, I, I'm on board with that. I'm totally on board with that. Sure. If you, if, if you want to figure out a way where perhaps state schools are free, if that's somehow we can, I'm not, I don't think we should forgive student loans. That's the past. That's happened. Cause you're not going to give me my money back. Yeah. You took out the loans. If you went to college and you're paying off your student, tough shit, but moving forward, not moving backwards, not moving towards the past, moving forward. That's a, this is just burning knowing again, Trump strengthened his base. I have a lot of racists that like me. Let me get out there and be racist. And racists will love me. Bernie's like millennials love me. I need to strengthen my base. What can I do? I'm going to forgive your loans. Like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> While you're at it, could you forgive our mortgage? Like, that'd be great. Can we just, like, go I mean, go out and, like, start forgiving loans left and right? I, don't, I think that's moving backwards. As a country, as an economy, we're moving backwards. Move forward. If you, if you, want, if you want to figure out a way, like, millennials have a collective history fit. You want to tell me that, like, state schools are free, but you, you got you to gotta give us two years in the military coming out of school? I, I, I get behind that. People have a cow, like, sure. but like I, I get behind something like that. Um, 
I think there should be some sort of reform with, with education. Maybe there needs to be some reform with, with interest rates and how student loans are doled out and how that collected. And, and I'm all for reform. Flat out forgiving, because like you said, the bill doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. It's not like the school is like, like you know, the bank's going to be like, oh, okay, cool. No, that's, that's, that's cool, man. Yeah, you're going to forgive the student loans. Right yeah, we don't, we don't, we, right we don't right want it back, you know. That's cool, man. Like if it's, I mean, when you think about, like, you know, thousands of, of – hundreds of thousands of dollars could be for just one student. When you think about forgiving student loans, it's asinine. It's impossible. Grow up. It's not going to happen. Bernie's just looking at, hey, man – Millennials dig me. Guess what? The money you owe. You don't owe it anymore. <laughs> Vote for me. You know, it's like, look what I did. I waved my little socialist magic wand and poof, it's gone. So I was just like, and I got into it with a couple of people like online with that because I was just like, dude, it's like, it's just, you're, you're not the first generation in, to grow up with student loans. You're not the first. When I graduated college, we're in a recession. Okay, man, the job market sucked, which is half the reason why I'm in the field I'm in right now, because that was, they hired me, like I needed to get a job, and I just kind of fell into this field, and it's great, and I, I help people with disabilities, and that's a good thing, and it's an admirable profession, and um, pays shit, but it's admirable, and at least does my heart good working in the field, but man, I remember like just no one would hire me, I could not get a job, the job market sucked, man, so, and, and you know, the, the inflation and in everything in this country has gone up and up exponentially more than my salary has. So, millennials, you're not the first motherfuckers to deal with this shit. Get over yourselves. It's not about you. And it's not about the boomers. And it's not about us. It's about all of us. And that's why, to me, it's like, let's move forward. Let's, let's figure out how we can reform education. If we, if we can figure out a way, state schools are free, I'm cool with that. If we want to figure out, like I said, Military service after your college, if, and you get to go to college for free, I can get behind that too. Forgiving student loans, man, I'm just, no. It's, it's, and it, and I, I just I don't see it getting put through. I don't see yeah. it ever being approved. I, I see people losing their shit. It's just it's so impossible. But it was such a like great soundbite for like millennials, like oh Bernie's our guy, we got over Bernie. It's like it's just never going to happen. And especially when you look at Bernie now, he can't pay his staff. His own staff, Jordan Peterson, what's his thing? Clean your room. Clean your room. You can't change the world if you're not taking care of what's near and dear to you. If you cannot take care of, you know, how can you clean up the world if you can't clean your room? And that's his attitude. If if Bernie, if you can't keep your own staff happy, if they feel the need to unionize because of the way you're paying them, how the hell are you going to operate a country and how the hell are you going to make every goddamn student in America happy if you can't make your campaign staff happy? Well, yeah, and I don't know if you've read if you've read the recent updates to that article because that article has been updated. In order to meet his staff salary demands of fifteen dollars an hour, he's actually limiting the hours of all of his staff. All of his staff have now just lost hours, and I'm not sure if they've actually cut anyone yet, but. All their staff have lost hours, so they can meet. They can try to meet that demand of fifteen dollars an hour. So now, you know, you have the, the the industrious folks who would work, you know, more than they're allowed to stay. Nope, their hours just got cut. Everyone, everyone's got to get paid fifteen, so we cannot give any more. You know, late out, no late hours to you. It, it, it's just ridiculous. And 
you know, again, passing the buck does, you know, does no one no good. It, Bernie was talking to his base, but you should have seen this coming. You know, education has needed reform for a long time. You, you, you want to know what the signal for education needing reform? Hell, you didn't have to look farther than the college bookstore. When, when yeah. getting college books costs oh my God, yeah. more than a freaking apartment, then you know what? Maybe we got to look at what's going on here. Maybe there's too much business shenanigans. Maybe there's too much corporate brouhaha going on in the educational system that maybe we got to take a, a, a longer look at. Yeah, I, I remember going to and I, I can't imagine what it is now, but like, you know, stuff when you go to college and you don't take into consideration. And my dad, and it's funny going back how far we've gone, like my dad would literally give me a blank check for my books and then complain about how much my books cost. And I remember like buying a book, like I remember one, like there was, there were textbooks that were over a hundred bucks. Like oh, you yeah. can't, you can't tell me that that's, that that makes any sort of sense. And the thing is the textbook industry is a racket because what do they do? They come out with another edition. So you can't buy a used book because they, they would have used books, but a lot of the classes I would take, you couldn't buy a used book because it used, changed five words. Yeah, they changed, but it's like your your teacher would like it's all and, and honestly, don't get me started. Maybe we need to do a whole show on colleges because I think <laughs> college is a racket. And I, oh, I yeah. do think that, you know, in our country it's like you don't need a college degree to be successful. You don't need but I should say you don't need it as far as doing your job. But a lot of employers are like, oh, if you don't have a college degree, we're not going to look at you. And that's bullshit. Like, people can be educated and do a good job without having that piece of paper. And I think uh, uh, stressing the importance of a, a college degree was just the, where this all started. It's like, all right, well, big businesses are going to look for a college degree, which is going to flood the market where more people are going to think, all right, out of high school, I have to go to college which is going to, again, up the tuition because now more and more people are going. So it's just, it, it becomes a vicious cycle. And honestly, again, getting back with the millennials, we're the first generation to go through that. Our parents' generation, it was iffy. Like college was really a big maybe. Yeah. Our parents' generation, when they were getting out of high school, number one, finishing high school was the big accomplishment. College was eh, maybe. And then there was the military. And a lot of, like, my, our parents' generation, it was military. Especially yeah. if you were a male, like, you were going to the military after high school. Um, you know, my, my dad went into the military after high school. He got his college degree later on. My mom got her college degree later on. But going to college out of high school was really, we were the first generation that going for your undergrad was, like, an extension of high school. Like, that's just what you did. Yeah. Um, you know, most of my high school, we all just went to college. Um, so it's it, like, we're the first generation to kind of go through this. And I'm not saying it's not hard. And I'm not saying it's, it's, uh, you know, millennials do have, because it, it's tuition is increasing exponentially. Um, and there needs to be some sort of reform in place, but stop getting all, you know, self, self-righteousness thinking you're the first ones to ever deal with this. Like you're not, and, and you're a leg up coming out of college because you're the first generation to grow up with computers. So whereas Gen X, like we're the ones, we're the middle child of like this, this generational <laughs> thing, because when where we're we're at the point now in our careers where we should be promoted and we should be getting into that management and bumping the baby boomer out, boomers out. What's happening now is these millennials are coming out and they grew up with computers. So it's a, it's a career that involves computers. Well, the baby boomers are in charge are looking to bring in the millennials and and the Gen Xers are getting passed up because hey, I can bring in a millennial for less money and they already like working on a computer is just very natural to them. Uh, they've grown up with it. And so 
Gen Xers are getting screwed. So we're the ones like we're the we're the Jan Brady of the generational thing. Like Marcia, 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 we are, we are totally. So so millennials need to like pipe the hell down. But we have like ten minutes left. I gotta go to the phones because I believe this is Justin on the line, and we I wanted to hit wrestling, and we'll hit a little bit in the last like ten minutes. I know. The show's just like I, I told you. I told you in the beginning though, the show's gonna be all over the place. But let's get Justin on the on the line. Hi, Justin, Ken. are you there? Hi, Ken Reedy. Hey Justin, why do you sound like you're about three miles away from the phone? Cause I, I love you, man. <laughs> I love you too, brother. Did you watch Raw this week? I guess I did, Ken. It was it was fabulous. What was, what was your favorite part? I like when um what's her name? Becky Lynch. She 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 did a great job. I swear to God. <laughs> is Becky Lynch your favorite wrestler right now? Yes, she is, Ken. And and so are you. And so I'm, I'm I'm your favorite wrestler too. Yes, you are, Ken. You're, you're strong and muscular. <laughs> I've been listening to the show. That's a man. I I you know honestly, Justin, man, that's totally cool. Cause like if, if I got like, I know so Becky Lynch is your favorite wrestler now. Your favorite wrestler was Edge. And right. now I'm in the mix. So honestly, as far as like, there's one fan in this world that, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but your three favorite wrestlers are Becky Lynch, Edge, and me. Yeah, yes, it is, Ken. Okay, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. As far as I'm concerned, my, my wrestling career has been a success. I hope not. Career in air Career's good for you, Ken. You know that? It was good. And thanks, man, for the compliments. I appreciate it. How you doing? I'm doing good, Ken. I love your show, man. I'm glad you're listening. I appreciate it. And I, I know like we've kind of changed the format a bit, so it's a lot of politicking. Are you okay with like a little bit of politics going on? Politics is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the golden comment of the whole show. Uh, Justin, so can, yeah? can I ask you a question? So you got I, I think you need to I think you need to run for office. I said, for office, <laughs> What'd you say? I, you said I for office? I, I, think, I think you should run for office. Politics are overrated. Just like, I would, I would vote for you if that was just a sign on someone's lawn that said, vote Justin, politics are overrated. I'd vote for you. Just on that. All right, Ken. I won't tell anybody about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin. I'm going to let you go. I'll put you on hold so you can listen to the rest of the show. we got about seven minutes left, but thanks a lot for supporting and giving us the call, man. I love you, Ken. I missed you. Love you too, man. Thanks for calling. I'll talk to you later. All right, Ken. I missed you, man. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. Um, but yeah, I got Luke on there. I can't hear Justin. Yeah, can't hear Just. Can't hear the phone calls on the on the Facebook feed. So you got to listen to. It. That's why you got to do a kind of multifaceted thing. Maybe at some point I'll figure out how to get the phone calls on the Facebook feed. But phone calls, you can hear them when you listen to the blog talk. Um, listening to. Uh, uh, or you listen to it on the website, but you gotta listen to the audio feed to get the phone calls. So, yeah, we'll yeah. and Justin, Justin brought uh, the wrestling into the mix. So why not? We got a few minutes left, but uh, I just want, you know, I want to burn a little bit on Cesaro. And like, like so we don't have a lot of time, but Cesaro is awesome. Cesaro is great. Uh, again, we talked about being in shape. Cesaro is one of those guys. Where I'm like, holy shit, man! Like <laughs> that guy, and he's bald. So like, I got to admire the guy. Kick-ass mask, kick-ass match at the pay-per-view. Alistair Black, Black goes over. I'm thinking, all right, man, this is it. We're looking at good things for Cesaro. That borderline stole the pay-per-view. 
Rematch on Raw, not nearly as good. Cesaro gets in next to no offense. He's in the Battle Royal for number one contendership for Brock Lesnar's title. He's one of the first ones eliminated. I'm hoping, I'm not expecting he's going to win, but I'm thinking that would be cool. At least he's one of the, the final guys. The Battle Royal was like, Bobby Lashley, Cesaro, and Big E were three of the guys in the Battle Royal who have not faced Lesnar for the title, and I was hoping that there'd be a mix of at least one of those guys in the final guys in the Battle Royal. I think Cesaro and Lashley were like the first two guys eliminated. The, the, you wound up with Seth Rollins. Didn't excite me. So all in all, Cesaro was kind of the guy I kind of hung my hat on as far as I hung my hopes on as far as Raw getting better wrestling getting better, Heyman doing something different. I know it's too early to take that pulse, but first foray out where apparently Heyman is in charge, it was enjoyable. It was an enjoyable Raw, but all in all, I was not impressed. Well, you know, I'll take this Raw with a grain of salt, because I I agree with you, Ken. I I would love to see Cesaro, especially after that performance from, you know, Cesaro versus Black. You know, it was... As far as the Cesaro Black match on SmackDown, yeah, Cesaro got destroyed, unfortunately. And the funny thing is, you heard Heyman in the past, not only have you heard Heyman in the past say he would be interested in, in Cesaro v. Brock, but you know, also keep in mind that way back when, Cesaro used to be a Heyman guy. And I, I would say out of all the, all the folks that Heyman had under his wing, Cesaro was really not the one that took off until, you know, they linked him with Sheamus and, and they had the bar, which is, you know, a, a one of my favorite tag teams. But now with Sheamus on the shelf, you know, I would love to see uh, where they can go with Cesaro because he, that man needs to seriously be a contender. His talent is overflowing. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I kind of like, like when I saw their match on the pay-per-view and it was, it was great. It really was a great match. And it was kind of, you know, it combined, which again, you know, spots and a lot of guys, but like the spots meant something. And it was like, and I usually use this negative term, but I use it as a positive term. It was a spot fest, but with like some hard hitting stuff as well. It was the, the to me, like one of the most perfect matches of, I mean, matching, like matching spots and hard hitting action. I, I thought that that match was so well done. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And they're going to have a rematch. Like, why don't we do like, and then Cesaro will go over in the rematch. And then maybe we book a tag team where Cesaro gets himself a partner and Black gets himself a partner and whatever happens, happens. And then finally we'll get the third match and that's the rubber match. And, and I get it. The company's looking to put over Aleister Black. I get it that they're looking at him more of the future than Cesaro. But I was like, at least give us something like mid-card to kind of sink our teeth into. Um, and they could, you could let that go for a few weeks. And I was just kind of like, yeah, no, I don't think they're doing anything with Cesaro. It just went from, like, extreme optimism to, like, uh, and there's not many things that guy can't do in the ring, and there aren't many guys that he can't he, he can't have a good match with, you know? And I, I just was kind of disappointed with where it went. I'm hoping I'm wrong. And like you said, I think it's important, you know, wrestling's not something that you're supposed to take a pulse on every day, and we take a pulse on it every day. Um, I'll be the first to admit, though, I'm wrong if this winds up being something good, but I admit I was a little disappointed. Well, yeah, you know, again, you know, we followed Cesaro for a while, and it's not like it's not any news that the guy had talent. The guy's had talent since day one, and it, it seems right when they start building him, 
right when you know he's got some good thing going, it's like poof. It's kind of like exactly. it's like, kind of like a cat knocking something off the shelf. It's like poof, there it goes. Oh, so <laughs> then put it back on the shelf. Poof, there it goes. You know, it's real. It can be really frustrating. So I guess like Luke is putting putting math like this math now student debt, uh, sixty billion times thirty years, one point eight trillion dollars that we pay for. Oh, oh yeah, just oh yeah. You know, I'll write a check. You know what? I feel bad for these guys with the student loans. So I'll, I'll, I'll write it. I'll write a check. Um, but yeah, well, you know, gonna be next, next show. We're, we're going to be off next week because we're going away. Oh yes. We're going to be down the shore. So uh, maybe we'll start off like with a wrestling talk like next time, and then and then get into politics. But you know, like Trump's going to say some fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, like, there's always going to be yeah, something's going to happen, or someone's going to thump their Bible on TV and, and say something racist that I'm just going to be jonesing to talk about. So who the hell knows? There's more of the, the, the fat, fat activists are going to get pissed about the show. Something's going to happen. That's going to like, but okay. hey, let's say like tentatively, like we'll start with the wrestling talk. I wanted to actually talk more about wrestling tonight. It's just, there's so many things we're jonesing for. And if you look at the description of the show on blog talk, we didn't hit like nearly everything. Let me see that. Let's see. Maybe we got we hit that. We hit that. We hit that. We hit that. Hit that kinda. Hit that. Well, maybe I, I I think we hit everything. Oh wow. I think we hit everything in the description. Nice. Wow, I'm impressed. I'm just reading it all. Like wow, so go like you go to blog talk and you look at the description of the show and all the things I was thinking about talking about on the show, I, I think we actually hit everything. If you listen to this back to the show and I'm wrong. Uh, by all means, call me out on it. But you guys on the Facebook Live, it's awesome. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Producer Michelle, thank you. Uh, Luke, thanks for giving us some education and stuff. We need we need a resident doctor. Like, yeah, Dr. Hong. Yeah, because we might be full of shit and stuff we're talking about. <laughs> so we need, especially when we're, like, bashing another doctor and her uh, fat-shaming slavery thing. You so. sound by page, Dr. Hong. We do. We need, to get, we need to get just get him on and just have him talk about shit. But... Anyway, thank you all for tuning in on the Facebook Live. Thank you guys for tuned in on Blog Talk. Um, again, we'll be back in two weeks. Y'all have a great two weeks. Have a great summer if you're in the Northeast. Try to stay cool. For Rocky, I am Ken. Have a great two weeks. Thank you, everybody. Boom. Ah.